This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. You're listening to All the Books, a weekly show of recommendations and enthusiasm regarding the week's new book releases. This is episode six, and today we're talking about new books released on June 16th, 2015. I'm Liberty Hardy, here with my fellow well-redhead, Rebecca Shinsky, and we're coming to you from bookriot.com. We're coming to you from bronchitis land. <laughs> Hello. Oh, uh, you are snuggled yeah, in your bat cave, I was hopefully. like, I have to get better because I'm so excited to talk about books. You know, I, w- I couldn't miss it. <laughs> I know, and we're doing this. Usually we record on like Thursday evenings and I'm having a beer and instead we're on Sunday afternoon and we're just kind of, I, well, I'm still in my pajamas. I'm imagining that you're wearing pajamas <laughs> and we're like in a tent, tent. ready to read with some flashlights. No, I, it's a gorgeous, gorgeous day in Maine. Um, the neighborhood children are playing a game that I imagine is called Who Can Scream the Loudest and Sound Like You're Being Murdered. Um, that's been going on. <laughs> <laughs> charming. That's charming. It's uh, like 95 degrees yeah. in Richmond, so we're past lovely. Yeah, um, I'm indoors with books for the remainder of the season, I think. But that's all right. We've got good things. You want to go first? I am so excited to tell you about this book because I read it a long time ago and I've been dying to, to let everyone know about it. It's called The Library at Mount Char by Scott Hawkins. And when I first heard a description of this book, uh, it sounded like, oh, it's a book about these orphans that go to live with this man in a library. And I was like, oh, yay, books. And isn't that charming and all that? Uh, that is not what it is about at all. Um, this book is completely bananas. Uh, and it starts with um, these 12 uh, adults who live in this place called the library. And uh, they're raised by this man who's sort of like a god named Father. And he has gone missing. And now the 12 are trying to figure out uh, where he is because other supreme beings are going to try and take over the world. But it's like so much more than that. It's like a power struggle um, between the siblings. Um, they're each given a section in the library that they have to study. Like one person learns about death and one person learns about healing. And one is, you know, Carolyn learns about languages. She's like the main character in the book. And um, they have like these crazy powers. Like they don't remember what it is to be human anymore. Um, Carolyn's the only one who can really speak English. And they live in like this small town and um, they're trying to find their dad. And this guy named Scott, who is a, a resident of the town, he kind of gets drawn into this um, search for their father. Um, Carolyn is is trying to find her dad, but also um, defeat her evil brother, David, who's like this crazy, scary, scary dude. Like, nobody wants to mess with this man. Um, it's just, it's completely bonkers. This book, I, I'm not even doing it justice. It's completely insane. <laughs> um, if you've read David Mitchell's The Bone Clocks, it's kind of like the big bads from that got their own sitcom. It's like, watch these wacky supreme beings rip the still beating hearts from your neighbors. And also look at them in their wacky American fashion. <laughs> um, it's kind of like if Professor Xavier, 
you know, occasionally ate one of his students. You know, it's like the X-Men, but, you know, it's a little, um, it's, it's sci-fi, but it's also like a little horror. I mean, there's some like really scary things that happen and it's so interesting and amazing. The thing I loved about it most was that it just kind of starts with these supreme beings and humans are secondary. Like they're just, they're, the beings treat us like we treat, you know, animals or something like that. You know, like they're just an afterthought. Um, they're running the show and they use humans in the way that they see fit. And I just found that so interesting. You don't have, like, people being like, oh, we have to defeat these creatures. You know, they don't even know that it's going on. Um, I'm just, I'm ranting about it now. But um, I love this book so much. It's called The Library <laughs> at Mount Char by Scott Hawkins. And read it. It will blow your mind. It sounds like it. You're on a good kick in out of these six episodes of usually having something that involves like a book within a book or a library or a bookstore or something yeah, in it. But this crazy. is totally, totally different. Cool. Before I get to my first pick, we want to thank our first sponsor this week. Project Ed is back. If you are unfamiliar, Project Ed is a crowdsourcing platform for fun and hilarious educational videos. They host open video contests that allow creators of all kinds to reimagine lessons for uh, for students in kindergarten through 12th grade through short videos. Um, and they host all kinds of contests that cover the STEM subjects, grammar, vocabulary, and more. And the best videos win cash prizes and are used by teachers and students across the country. Their summer reading challenge is what we're featuring this week. If you want a shot at over 20 grand in cash prizes, this is one to pay attention to. If you can reimagine a classic novel in a short video that showcases your style and skill, then you can compete here. Project Ed is calling on creators from all over in a new series of contests to create short videos that inspire students to read. This is the first ever summer reading challenge. And again, they're offering $20,000 in cash prizes to creators who can create fun, unforgettable videos on popular books across genres like adventure, sci-fi, monsters and mysteries, and even young adult fiction. You'll, um, participants will have their choice of creating book trailers, reenactments, or dramatic readings on well known titles. The contests are open now and they run through July and anyone over the age of 13 in the US or Canada can submit. Get the details and enter create your own video at projected.com slash summer reading. I think I told you last week when we talked about this about how in I think it was ninth or 10th grade, we had to do projects in class for the Scarlet Letter and my group did yes. the Scarlet Letter as yes. a Jerry Springer episode. <laughs> I've been imagining how, like, if you got, if you picked the monsters and Ooh. mysteries one of this, you could, I don't know, you could like do a modern Frankenstein video or uh, yeah. your own take on Sherlock or like this has sort of fan fiction possibilities written into it as well. But uh, if you have a creative idea for bringing a classic to life for students in the classroom from K through 12th grade, check out projected.com slash summer reading. You can even use my Jerry Springer <laughs> Scarlet Letter idea. I won't tell. <laughs> All right. My first pick this week is one that I'd been really looking forward to for uh, yeah. about as long as we've known it was coming. This uh, Aziz Ansari got a really big book deal. Like last year, his and Lena Dunham's book deals were sort of the celebrity book deal news. Modern Romance came out this week. Uh, it combines memoir, Aziz Ansari's own stories about dating and using technology with uh, a sort of a sociological look at how technology is affecting our interaction 
interactions with each other is affecting dating and how it has altered our expectations about how those interactions are going to go. So we get Aziz Ansari's stories about how he's met women, uh, what it was like, you know, going from calling girls to ask them on dates to texting and, you know, we used to wait like hours or days waiting for the phone to ring, but now you can see those three little dots pop up on iMessage when a person starts to respond. And then when the little dots go away and the person has decided not to respond yet, you can go crazy about that. Um, so we get his voice and this really humorous look at his own dating life and how technology has affected that. But he teamed up with um, a well-known sociologist named Eric Kleinenberg to look at actual data about technology and dating. And they pulled information from OkCupid and from Match and from Tinder. And they also conducted large like focus groups and studies of their own to talk to people of all ages about their dating lives and about how technology has affected them. Um, if you like that mix of memoir and sort of pop science, this is definitely one to keep an eye out for. Um, I loved a book last year called Dataclism by Christian yes. Rudder, who's one of the founders of OkCupid. And this has some of the same kinds of data, but Dataclism is definitely heavier on it. So this is like two book recommendations in one. Um, Ansari's voice is as funny as you'd expect it to be from his sit up, from his from his sit ups, <laughs> from his stand up. I'm sure he does. He sit-ups probably has to too. now. Yeah. Fame <laughs> um, from his stand-up comedy, and you can pick up fascinating little bits of information, like that the most popular time of the week for sending sexy text messages is Tuesdays between 10 a.m. and noon. What? I know. No one knows why, although we've had some good theories going about it on the Book Riot back channels. But yeah, stuff like that. Or a look at proximity and how 50 years ago, most people who got married married people who grew up in their neighborhoods or like, or in big cities. They often married people who lived in the same buildings that they lived in. And now that technology has expanded the possibilities of the people that we can meet, it's very uncommon to marry someone who you know grew up five wow. miles from you or who lived in the same building. It's really interesting. Um, I thought it was a fun read. So if you want that memoir, uh, that mix of memoir and sociology, and you like Aziz Ansari's stand-ups and, you know, maybe whatever the results of his sit-ups have been, <laughs> uh, ma- <laughs> that's Modern Romance by Aziz Ansari. I wanted to throw in like a little John Raffio, you know, singing thing for you, but I might have a coughing fit. <laughs> so I'm going to save that for later. Um, Good plan. The next book I'm going to talk about is also a book that uh, I've been waiting a long time for. It's called Pirate Hunters by Robert Curson. Uh, he wrote a book in 2004, I believe, that I absolutely loved, as did many people, called Shadow Divers, which was the true story of these deep-sea divers that discovered an unknown German U-boat off the coast of New Jersey and spent uh, several years... Uh, diving down and finding out like the identity of the U-boat and the soldiers inside when, you know, the government was like, no, 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 no boats ever got that close to us. It's just like an incredibly fascinating story. And uh, Pirate Hunters is the story of one of the men from that book, uh, John Chatterton, and another man named John Matera, who get a call from their friend. Uh, and he's like, hey, I'm, I'm going to look for this pirate ship. I know where there's this pirate ship in the Dominican Republic. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure I've got it figured out. Um, and do you want to go with me? And pirate ships, like, I was reading how even though they're this huge part of lore, like at the height, the golden age of piracy, it's called, like in the late 
1600s to the early 1700s, there were no more than uh, 200 pirate boats at any time. Really? And yeah, and or no, 20 pirate boats at any time and 2,000 pirates total. Like, oh, there man. just weren't that many going on, but for some reason they stuck with us, and you know we have all these stories. And um, so they're told the story of Joseph Bannister. Uh, he was this captain who w- sailed ships for the British government in the 17th century. Um, and in a great bit of daring uh, that no one in his stature had ever pulled off, uh, he went pirate. He stole the Golden <laughs> he Fleece. He broke bad. Yeah, he stole the Golden Fleece, the boat that he was the captain of, um, you know, to the annoyance of the British Navy. And so they sent boats out to find him. And after many years, you know, he was captured in the Golden Fleece was sunk off the coast of the Dominican Republic, and um, his his exploits, they say, are more daring than Blackbeard's or William Kidd's, but for many reasons his story was kind of lost, and not that much was known about him, um, and this, this friend of theirs heard about his ship, and so they set off to go look for it. Um, it's like, it, you know, truth is stranger than fiction, so mm-hmm. it's, it's completely insane, um, the things that they go through you know, looking for the ship just day in and day out, you know, scanning the bottom of the ocean, you know, finding a little hit that might be a piece of metal and having it be like an anchor. And, you know, just these men have to be like the most patient people on the planet because, you know, I would be like, okay, I'm out (laughs) one day. I didn't find anything. Oh, well, you know, and they spend like many, many, many months looking for the ship. And it's so cool. It makes, you know, I really want to be a pirate now. You'd be such a good pirate. Wasn't there a novel last year or about a redheaded oh, yes. pirate chef or something? Oh no, she uh, cinnamon and gunpowder. Uh, it's she's a, re- a redheaded pirate and she kidnaps a chef, like a personal chef, ah. and it's awesome. It, that is a really fun book. Like the things that he comes up with, the recipes he makes on board the boat. It's, it's really cool. It's very inventive. I really like that. Um, so yeah. So if anybody wants to leave, you know ideas for pirate names in the comments that would be that would be great (laughs) and that's pirate hunters pirate hunters by robert kirsten awesome uh my next pick is summer long by dean bacopolis this was exactly what i needed to read during a really hot week of summer Uh, it's set during a heat wave in grinnell iowa one summer about a married couple named claire and don lowry they're both in their late 30s they've been married for a while they have two kids and they're feeling restless uh, in their individual lives and in their marriage Uh, the summer heat wave starts and don is out walking one night and sees this young woman lying on the ground underneath a tree. He thinks maybe she's passed out or dead, but it turns out she's just stoned and he makes <laughs> friends with her. Her initials are ABC and that's what everyone calls her. Um, and he finds himself like over the next several days and weeks just going to hang out with ABC and like snuggling with her and spending the night in a hammock with her Um and nothing is happening, but like this is not normal behavior for a 38-year-old married man. Uh, at the same time, Claire goes out for a late-night run and finds herself at the local quick stop, uh, you know, like cash and carry kind of place, um, ends up bumming cigarettes and a drink off of a guy named Charlie who's in town. He's in his late 20s. Uh, he's in town to help care for his dying father. And they also strike up a weird and not entirely appropriate relationship so it's like it's the middle of the summer 
and it's really hot and everyone is losing their minds a little bit in Grinnell. Um, Claire is a former writer, but she hasn't done anything in years. And Don is basically a washed up real estate agent. And it turns out he's been keeping a secret from her about something that affects their life together. That comes to light and things explode between them a little bit more. And so the book revolves between their two perspectives and also ABC and Charlie, who are involved in their lives now in this tangential way. And by the way, ABC and Charlie know each other and are sleeping together. And they're like, somebody's smoking pot. Someone's always drunk. Someone is going skinny dipping, even though the neighbors can see it. Claire and Don are maybe going to get back together, but they're not sure. She's miserable. He's desperate. The kids are confused. Uh, it's like, I, I mean, this novel is like rings so many of my personal uh, kryptonite bells at once for things that I like to see done in fiction. But it's also just so, so perfect for like when you're really hot and are ma- like losing your own mind a little bit from the summer. Um, so really good timing also on uh, Dean's publisher's part to put this out in a week where it's hot and gross pretty much everywhere except Maine, where the children are just practicing who can scream like they're being murdered most effectively um in the nice warm weather yeah right uh i I just really loved it i feel like i'm not doing a great job wrapping it all together but i thought this was it's it's smart it's cutting Uh, if you've been married or in a long relationship where you love but also occasionally hate the person you will recognize this and there are some really wonderful moments of slight feminist commentary that um that i've found to be refreshing because male writers don't always get that right when they're looking at their female characters and why their female characters might be frustrated in their family lives and in their marriages. And uh, Dean Bacopoulos nailed those, I thought. Um, So if that sounds good to you, if it's hot where you are, pour yourself a big glass of lemonade and lose your mind a little bit. This is summer long. He's a really great writer, and I highly recommend checking out his older stuff if you haven't already. Yeah, this was my first time reading him, but I am definitely going to go back. My next book is another amazing book. I, I feel like I'm not getting the point across very well. Like in my Robitussin haze, I'm like, Haha, like books, yay. <laughs> yay, books. <You> know? <laughs> Needs more please, cats. Please bear with me. Um, because this book is a book that everyone's going to be hearing a lot more about. Uh, it got tons of praise. It's gotten all the starred reviews. Um it's a book of short stories uh, called In the Country by Mia Alvar. Um, it's these amazing nine stories about, um, they either like take place in the Philippines or it's about people who have left the Philippines and are somehow kind of drawn back into the country. Um, the first story, which was also my favorite, is about this man who is a pharmacist. He's left his parents behind in the Philippines and he's a pharmacist in New York City and his father is dying back at home and so he and his father had this horrible relationship his father is a terrible man but he loves his mother very much so he travels back to the philippines to help her take care of him while he's dying um and he learns a whole bunch more about his father and his mother than than um he was aware of Hmm. and they're just these incredibly well-crafted tales um and her writing is stunning um and I, I found it uh, really interesting because part, I th- partly because I think she's telling stories in a part of the world that I'm unfamiliar with, and it's so interesting to read about, you know, other places and other cultures. And um, she's just, they were completely fascinating. And I think that this book is going to win all the awards. 
I've been seeing it in all the places also. Yeah, yeah I yeah. have to concur. I haven't read it yet. Um, I'm on a short stories kick right now that I can't talk about because it's for next week's show. Well, <laughs> but in the country sounds wonderful. Yeah, it's uh, going to be huge. Oh, man. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> <laughs> um, our next sponsor this week is, again, a pick from Book Riot. Uh, it is summer, and I always think about summer as the time that I'm going to catch up on stuff like on life in general, but particularly on books that I have been meaning to read. And if that is your approach to summer as well, you want to check out our summer reading box. We took four of our favorite books from recent years. Some of them were published this year and some are from the last couple of years. They span all kinds of genres and formats. And uh, there's a little bit of everything in this in these four picks, but they are universally awesome. And they've maybe not been on your radar, so we want to introduce you to these books that we love and know that you'll love them and love their writers when you discover them. Uh, this is available at, at a limited time and a limited quantity from the Book Riot store. We'll put a link in the show notes. We only made 200 of them, and at this recording, we have 50 left, so by the time the show drops, it will be fewer than that, and you should jump on it if you want them. You get four books and three awesome items from the Book Riot store. All of the contents of the box are a surprise. All of the boxes have the same content, so don't worry. You'll you know you'll get the same things that everybody else who got the box got, and it goes for a hundred dollars. Contains about a hundred and fifteen dollars worth of books and goodies. So a really nice bang for your buck there. If you like the variety of books that you hear about on this show, and you're willing to trust us to take you on a reading adventure, this is definitely something to check out. Also, the graphic for it is an octopus with a book in each arm. So awesome. uh, you want to see that regardless. <laughs> Again, um, that's the Book Riot Summer Reading Surprise Box. It's available right now at the Book Riot store, and we'll put a link in the show notes if you are interested. And no, we won't tell you what's in it. That's a surprise. <laughs> okay, so it's my turn, and I get to talk about one of my favorite books from last year because it's out in paperback this week. I know yeah. you love this book, too. Uh, Broken Monsters by Lauren Bucus. This is set in Detroit. The main character is a detective who's investigating a killer who sews parts of his victim's bodies onto animal bodies. It's as creepy and true detective-y as it sounds. Uh, there are also bits about the underground art scene in Detroit. There are a whole bunch of rotating narrative perspectives. So we get the detective. We also get her teenage daughter. We get a guy who is trying to make a name for himself on YouTube as like an arts reporter. We get a few chapters in the head of the killer um, and a whole bunch of other stuff. The book also explores technology and social media and how those things are affecting the ways that um, that we explore crimes, the ways that we tell stories, how information travels, and how the things that we do online follow us into our analog face-to-face -face lives and affect us. Um, it's also just a really great detective story. This is like a police procedural plus a million other things. And it really did feel true detective-y to me. Like the last 50 pages made me be like, oh, what if Lauren Bucus wrote the next season of True Detective? <laughs> um, it's dark and weird and so smart and it will just blow your mind if, um, you know, if the summer heat wave makes you want to lose your brain in that way. Broken Monsters is a great thing uh, to pick up and it's out in paperback this week. If it makes you want to lose your mind and be terrified out of your skull. Right. <laughs> it's 
Speaking of Detroit, um, one of the stories that uh, takes place in Detroit in the book that I'm going to tell you about next, it is the book is called Charlie Martz and Other Stories, the Unpublished Stories of Elmore Leonard. Oh, Elmore, Elmore Leonard. Leonard. Yeah, he's been gone almost two years now. <sighs> and, you know, it just feels good to get more Elmore. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very happy that, that these stories are being released. Unlike some authors whose stuff is released after they've passed away, there didn't seem to be any, you know, things like his estate saying that he didn't want these published, you know. Um, these seem to be like, he's okay with us having them, and I, I like that even more. Oh, that's um, great. And, you know, if you're not familiar with Elmore Leonard, he he wrote Get Shorty and, and Out of Sight and the Justified novels that they made into the TV show. He writes these really funny, clever, um, you know, sort of gritty stories. Um, the ones in these in this book take place in Detroit, in Hollywood, in New Mexico. There's one that takes place during the Civil War in Mississippi, and I'm just I'm just a huge fan of his. Huge, huge. He's he's so great. It feels so good to like read one of his books um, now because, like, whereas people who are writing historical fiction can do an incredible job. Um, you know, with the time and per- the place, you know, and, and very little anachronisms. Mm-hmm. It's still, there's nothing like going back and reading something that takes place. Like, uh, for instance, I read his novel La Brava recently, which takes place in the early 1980s. So it's a guy who's a detective and he doesn't have cell phones and the internet, you know. And it's it's refreshing to read something that takes place when the ideas of those weren't even, you know, mm. something that he knew about. So... You know, like you have like a guy who's tailing somebody else in a car the size of a boat and, you know, pulling up outside his house. And then he has to get out and go walk to a payphone and call his boss and be like, hey, the subject is in his house. You know, like you can't just. <laughs> but it feel it's so real. It's it's really fun to go back and, and read the stuff. And some of those stories in this book are like that. Um, and again, he's just so smart. And, you know, everybody's always, you know, double dealing and and outsmarting and and just so, so funny. And so that is uh, Charlie Martz and Other Stories by Elmore Leonard. Awesome. Uh, My last pick this week is one that I haven't read yet because no one has read it yet. Uh, It's coming out on the 18th and it's called Gray by E.L. James. You stole it, didn't you? You're the one who broke into Random House and stole the copy. I did. I'm the one. I I used all of my 21st century spy (laughs) techniques. And and your (laughs) jetpack. Right. And this book, like the news of this book has only been out for a week or two that this was even happening. And so I guess it's possible that you're listening to this show. She did Beyonce it. Uh, You might be listening and not know that this is coming. Uh, This is Fifty Shades of Grey from Christian Grey's perspective, and it's coming out on the 18th of June because that is Christian Grey's birthday in the world of the books. People got predictably cranky about the release of this book on the internet, but other people, a whole lot of them, got predictably excited. And so I think it's worth talking about. Um, You know, Fifty Shades of Grey was not my favorite thing that I've ever read, but I did read it. I think it's important to read the books that are the books of the day, and certainly no book has been uh, as influential in a pop culture 
moment in our lifetimes as Fifty Shades of Grey has. It sold a bajillion copies. Um, that's not much of an exaggeration either. No. If you if you don't listen to the mainline Book Riot show, you might not have heard us drop this little factoid. So I'll drop it again. But the year that Fifty Shades of Grey came out, it made Random House so much money that every employee of Random House got a $5,000 bonus that year. Like from the C-level top executives all the way down to like the people who worked in the mailroom. Everyone. Uh, that's never happened before. It's a huge deal. And so E.L. James is, you know, answering the call from her fandom. Um, she originally wrote this for a charity auction. And then, of course, like, it, it was not okay that just the person who won the auction was going to get to read the story from Christian's perspective. So now everyone can. Um, I'm going to read it. I'm really interested in uh, what the voice is going to be like, if it'll be, you know, really different from Anastasia's and how she's going to tell the story from his side. So that's great. It comes out on the 18th. Um, so this Thursday, if you're listening to the show on Tuesday, you can pick it up and uh, I'm sure I'll be talking about it on Twitter. Everybody will be talking about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so those are the new ones this week. What are you going to go read now? Uh, I'm going to read a book called Don't Suck, Don't Die, Giving Up Vic Chestnut by Kristen Hirsch. Uh, Kristen Hirsch is the lead singer from Throwing Muses. Uh, she she was in that band with her sister, Tanya Donnelly, who went on to start Belly, just two fantastic bands. And she wrote a mm. memoir a few years ago called Rat Girl that I absolutely loved about uh, when she was a teenager and she started her band and, and had a baby and kind of lost her mind. It was one of the greatest memoirs I've ever read. And this is her story um, of touring and her friendship with Vic Chestnut. Vic Chestnut is a, a famous musician. He was a quadriplegic who could only play simple chords on his guitar. Um, but he recorded 17 critically acclaimed albums before his wow. death in 2009. And this is her story about him and their friendship. And I'm just so excited for it. That's I, really incredible. Yeah, I've heard great things already. I am reading Dear Mr. You by Mary Louise Parker. That Mary Louise Parker from The West Weeds. Wing and Weeds and so many other fried green tomatoes. Uh, so many other wonderful things. I love her dearly. I was really excited to hear she had a book out and also nervous, you know, because you want to love a book yeah. by um, an artist that you love so much. It is wonderful. This oh, is good. Um, I'm about halfway through it. It's a memoir in letters. And each so each chapter is a letter that she's written to a different man in her life. Um, and some of them are men that she had real relationships with and that are about real experiences. And some of them are imagining those men's lives or imagining a moment she might have had with that man. And like there's one to her grandfather that she never knew. Um, and there's a letter to her father and there are letters to boyfriends and former lovers. But there's also a letter to a mentor in her life. Um, there's a letter to a cab driver that she freaks out at in New York one day. Um, and they're just really lovely. The writing is creative. And there are some gorgeous sentences. It's very thoughtful. Um, and I just am finding myself surprised and delighted by it. It comes out in November um, from Simon & Schuster. So that's one to you know put on your long distance reading lists. Um, Dear Mr. You by Mary Louise Parker. Uh, Mary, Mary Louise Parker has never made drinking iced coffee look so good. She really has. No one has ever made drinking right, iced right, coffee. Yeah, yeah. That's what I meant. <laughs> oh, Robitussin. It's okay. <laughs> I don't have an excuse. <laughs> um, that's our show this week. It is our show. Thanks I'm glad so much. you survived, Liberty. Yes, thank you so much for stepping up and, and doing the ads and, 
And uh, thank you to everyone at home for <laughs> listening to my you got voice. <laughs> this is how devoted we are to getting our quality time with each other and our <laughs> listeners to new releases that you fought through your bronchitis. Um, thank you to Project Ed for sponsoring the show this week. You can go to projected.com slash summer reading to get more details, to make your own video and submit it, and then cross your fingers to win $20,000 in cash prizes. Let us know if you do. We'll cheer for you. If Ooh, you yeah. have thoughts or questions, or anything, you can drop us a line at all the books at bookriot.com. You can find me on Twitter at Rebecca Shinsky, S C H I N S K Y. And Liberty, of course, is at Miss Liberty. If you like the show, if you would take a minute to rate or review it on iTunes, that helps other people find it. It lets us know how we're doing. And we so, so, so appreciate all of you who have done that for us so far. The response to um, to this new project of ours has been really exciting and overwhelming, and we're just super excited. Yes, thank you all so much. And as much as we would love to tell you about more books out today and more books in general and all the books that haven't been written yet, uh, we don't have the time, but you can read about more titles out now in the show notes at uh, bookriot.com uh, under the, all the books in the podcast section. Um, we... Uh, also, we'll link to our weekly book newsletter in the show notes so you can learn about more new releases there. And that's it for us. Thank you so much. Okay, go get back in your sleeping bag. I know, yeah. I'm going to. Bye. Bye. Happy reading. <laughs>